One quick note about today's episode of From the Front Porch. At the end of our episode, you will find about five minutes of spoiler-filled discussion, meaning the rest of this episode is a spoiler-free commentary of Rafael Montez's new book, Perfect Days. After you've read the book, if you want more insight into what we thought, stick around for the five minutes of spoiler-filled content. Otherwise, enjoy this spoiler-free discussion of Rafael Montez's Perfect Days. Thanks so much. Welcome to episode 56 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. And today I'm joined by my manager, Rebecca Arwood, and customer and podcast regular Hunter McClendon. Rebecca, Hunter, and I will be discussing Perfect Days, a novel by Rafael Montez, out next Tuesday. We'll discuss this book club style, so if you have any comments about the book yourself, we'd love to hear from you. As usual, you can find full episodes of the podcast on iTunes and at www.bookshelfthomasville.com. Let's go ahead and get started. Hello, everyone. Hi. Hi. Um, Why don't we go ahead and introduce ourselves so they can differentiate between our voices. So, I'm Annie. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Hunter. Okay, so let's quickly give a brief synopsis because this book comes out on Tuesday, February 16th, so you've got some time if you haven't heard of it yet. We're kind of giving you a preview, I guess. Um, Hunter, why don't you tell us what the book is basically about? Just a quick preview. It's about a slightly um, unhinged um, medical student who becomes obsessed with a girl and what happens with that obsession. Yeah, I think that's a pretty... Yeah. That ties it up pretty nicely. (laughs) Uh, It is being billed, as so many books are right now, um, kind of the Gone Girl, you know, every, gosh, I just think publishers (laughs) are insistent that we're going to find the next Gone Girl. Um, But basically, this is a thriller suspense novel. I read an advanced reader copy on recommendation from one of our sales reps, and then I immediately... Passed it to Hunter, who then immediately <laughs> passed it to Rebecca. Shall we talk about first impressions? Well, I'll, I will say the first couple of pages were interesting. He's describing his relationship with this woman named Gertrude, except that like it's it's a little strange. Like he talks about the other students' reactions to Gertrude and how they always like shy away from the smell and you know sometimes they vomit and this kind of thing. And so you're like, what's going on here? And then after a couple of paragraphs it hits you, oh Gertrude is a cadaver and this is his <laughs> best friend. Yeah. Um so I was hooked by like his sort of psychosis within the first couple of pages. Okay, I, yeah, and I guess, so then that, those few paragraphs were reminiscent, I will say, of that Gone Girl opening yeah. where she's describing, right, her brain or the cur- he's the describing yes. the back yes. of her head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I do, there definitely are elements. We should say that Rafael Montez is a Brazilian mm-hmm. author. So this yeah. book was originally written in Portuguese. So this is a translation. Um, like Rebecca. I was hooked, meaning I read the first few pages and wanted to keep Mm -hmm. reading. However, and I think I'm the only one of us who feels this way, though I could be wrong, I was completely grossed out. (laughs) I 
very much visualize what I'm reading. And so I have some books that I just can't read. Like I'll try to read them, but I just can't. And that would include books about childbirth, pregnancy, like, because I know ignorance <laughs> for me is bliss in those situations. I don't need to read those things because they make me a little queasy. <laughs> um, this book made me queasy. Um, but Hunter, you did not necessarily have that reaction. No, I grew up watching like Saw and Hostel <laughs> and all these really gross films. And so when I was reading it, I was like, whatever. He thinks he's going to shock me. No way. <laughs> and um, I will say, <laughs> some of the... Um, there there were some moments that were very sexist or very yes, like, discriminatory. Yes. But that shocked me, honestly, more than... That personally shocked me more than the gross-out factor. Yeah, and I guess we should say, you know, of course that doesn't speak to Raphael. Um, but <laughs> right. but Teo, the main character, the, the medical student, he is very... His relationship with women is very problematic. Yes. Um, which, of course, leads into relationships with women that are problematic. Um, but, yeah, there were some really disturbing, to me, disturbing scenes, but also disturbing in the sense of how he views women was frightening. I found that far more disturbing than, like, the the gross medical scenes or the, mm-hmm. you know, sort of murderous scenes in the book, but mm-hmm. the way that he treated and acted towards women was just absolutely appalling. There's a specific line in the book that even like free thinking hippies can be subdued when confronted by a proper man or something like that. And yeah. I was just like, like I instantly texted Hunter, like, what is this? <laughs> well, and he totally undermines the fact he's, he says, you know, basically that this girl that he's obsessed with later on, what's her name? Clarice. Clarice. He says that because she has this relation, this possible flirtation with another woman, and he's like, oh, well, that is, that's just her, like, negative, like, something bad. He's Mm -hmm. just associating with something negative just because she possibly has a relationship with a woman. And, which, I mean, you can go either way on that, but I just, I thought that was very, um, I don't know. It it was really surprising, I guess. He, as a character, is in no way, Mm -hmm. shape, or form likable. Mm -hmm. But you describe him as disturbing, so here's my question, because he, to me, definitely is disturbing. I found the scenes about his relationships with women and how he views women equally disturbing for me, the medical parts or the parts of, mm-hmm. you know, where there's some things happening. Those were very disturbing to me as well. Um, but did that, I feel like you can read books. And I feel like Hunter, you and I have talked before specifically about some thrillers, maybe Megan Abbott. Do you find that disturbing characters prevent you from liking this book? No, not necessarily. I can read a disturbing character when it's particularly well written, because mm-hmm. in that case, I feel like enlightened or like there's been some insight to the character and with this character I didn't feel like there was anything unique or original in his disturbances Mm -hmm. they were just it was almost like they're for shock value but Mm. without any sort of depth or underpinning that gave it value beyond shock yeah and let me just say I know that nobody else liked the bad characters in things like Gone Girl and stuff but you know I I guess that like with um, Gillian Flynn when I read Gone Girl I didn't realize that the big twist was a big issue. I didn't realize it's the person who ends up being crazy was crazy. I mm-hmm. thought, oh, it's totally justified because it was yeah. so well written that I was like, yeah. this makes sense. Why wouldn't this happen? And, and um, I don't want to give anything away for the, the two people that haven't read Gone Girl. <laughs> but, um, yeah. No, I absolutely, you know, and people I think could give or take Gone Girl. Mm-hmm. I, I read it before, like I read it immediately. Like the first, I think, couple of weeks it was out. Mm-hmm. I actually bought it from the bookshelf Tallahassee. And I loved it from the moment I read it. So before it was like this huge thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that it's a huge thing now 
if you haven't read it now, you're probably not going to because you're probably doing it on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) You're probably avoiding it on purpose. Um, But I like typically thriller and suspense novels. Mm -hmm. I've said before on the podcast, if I'm ever in a reading rut, that's kind of the books. Those are the books I gravitate towards because Mm -hmm. they're books that I can kind of get back into my reading rhythm. I can read them pretty quickly. And if they're well written, I find them generally compelling. Mm -hmm. Um, However, and I don't know, I'd like to talk to you guys. I did not love the writing style of this book. So Teo, to me, I never got to know anything about him. Mm -hmm. I'm going to compare it. um, So similarly, so Jordan and I love Downton Abbey. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Downton Abbey has nothing to do with perfect days. But (laughs) there's a character on Downton who is just inherently bad. He just, Thomas, he works downstairs. Um, He just seems to be the evil, quote unquote, character on Downton. And I just waited for the longest time for Julian Fellows, the writer of Downton, to explain to me why Thomas was bad. Like, I'm just waiting to find out what's Thomas's backstory. Like, can we get some insight into why he is bad? And that's kind of how I felt about Teo. Like, you mentioned Rebecca, Mm -hmm. one-dimensional, I think. And that's exactly how I would describe him. Like, I just read it thinking, okay, I get it already. He's evil. He's gross. He's demeaning. Give me something. Give me some insight. And I want to know, do you think, so, so this book, I believe, was a bestseller in Brazil. Do you think the things that we're complaining about about the book have to do with the fact that this is a translation? I, the, the dinner is a translation. Yes, yes. And I loved the dinner. Yes. I thought it was well written, well translated. Too. I was like, this is like really well done. And I know a lot of people compared it to like, they said what, the European Gone Girl, I think it was called. Yeah. And I don't agree with that. I don't think the dinner was like Gone no, Girl at all. No, it wasn't. But it was a really um, well-constructed yes. story that had really... In- um, compelling characters and it was really intriguing. And excellent pacing. Yes. Yeah. And and I, which I also yeah. think this book struggled for. I was yeah. going to say, this had sort of a, a, a stop and stutter kind of a feel Ooh, to it. Oh, that's a great way. way to something it. would happen and I'd be like, oh, okay, now I'm on board. Yes. And then it would lag and I'd have to kind of like power through another couple of chapters before it would like pick up again. And so it had a very much stop and start kind of feel to it as that's far as ex- pacing goes. That's exactly right because I feel like there are other thrillers, even thrillers that I didn't find to be particularly well written. Um, to be honest, I thought In a Dark, Dark Wood by Ruth Ware was just okay. Yeah. But I enjoyed it. But its pacing to me was pretty well done. Like, it mm-hmm. kind of led up. I'm just used to thrillers, I guess, kind of being slow and quiet at first. Mm-hmm. Or even opening with a big bang, but then kind of reversing time and going mm-hmm. back to describe. Um, and so they kind of lead to this mm-hmm. climactic moment. And you're right, in um, Perfect Days just did not follow that formula at all. Mm-hmm. And I think there are ways in which you don't follow that formula and it and it works out well. But th- this just fell really flat for me. Yeah. Well, especially because the, there's a sticker that at least was on. I don't know if it's going to be on the final um, edition, but on the advanced, advanced reader. reader copy, it was like, you know, when you get to this page, there's this yes. big twist. And we... You talked about how um, there was, you thought maybe it was a misprint or something. Yes, because I got to, I think the sticker said, um, hashtag, you know, comment to us when you get to page 178. And Mm -hmm. so I will be honest, this is a book for maybe different reasons even than both of you. I just really wanted to put down at multiple Mm. points. Um, It, um... So when I watched the movie Rosemary's Baby for the first time, I went and threw away the DVD in the garbage can. Like, I didn't want it in my house. I, I really felt that way about Perfect Days. I didn't want it in my house. I didn't like it. I thought it was gross. Um, 
Okay. That being said, I kept reading because that sticker <laughs> said, get to page 178. And I got to page 178 and I did tell you, Hunter, I just assumed, oh, the advanced reader copies must have different page numbers because this is not a twist. Like, yeah. this no. is not what I was no, waiting it wasn't. for. it the, the twist really happened a good, I don't know, 50, 70 pages earlier. Yes. And I thought that would have been a much better point to yeah. promote. Yes. Um, because... Are we doing spoilers, or is that a no-no for this I think one? we'll let it be a no-no okay. since uh, since it's, come, it's still coming <laughs> okay. out. But yes, the, I agree that there's a bit... To me, there are a few twists, and the bigger one came earlier yes. in the novel, for sure. Well, I, I'm going to say something that didn't happen that I wanted to happen. <laughs> I expected, um, because... Obviously, when you're a, when a person who is a little bit crazy is obsessed with somebody, they could possibly try to take them and do and be with them or something. I mean, that's just right. what happens. So we kind of we're gonna guess that's gonna happen. But I expected it to be that maybe I don't know she she was like oh I'm gonna be I'm gonna I don't know be crazy too or she yes I think we're we I certainly yeah. saw some of that coming and then it didn't yeah <laughs> and I was kind of disappointed when it didn't because that would have been more compelling to me yes. as a story yes so Hunter and I before just before you got here Rebecca there was there's a link to a video on the Penguin Random House website to a video of people reacting to the book so like they <laughs> hand the book to, I, I'm, I'm going to assume booksellers or sales reps, and they're handing this book, and they're just opening it, I don't know to what pages, but we see them opening to the middle, and they read three pages, and we're watching their facial reactions, and there's a girl, like, I told Hunter, yes, I made those faces, but I wasn't impressed, I didn't mm-hmm. think it was particularly, it was not my favorite, most well-written mm-hmm. novel, I felt there was one face that one girl made and she just was like, gross. (laughs) And I thought, yes, that's exactly how I felt. And I will say, I I did not grow up watching Saw um, (laughs) and gross out things. Like, I really, horror films, they kind of make me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I told you, Rebecca, this book just reminded me of an episode of Criminal Minds come to life. Except that I like Criminal Minds. No, I do too. I do too. Which makes me wonder, like, I, I'm i curious, movie potential here? Uh, it This, first of all, let me say, I feel like the book was mismarketed because I think it would have done much better as, like, a drama. Like, less like this, like, mystery thriller thing because, I mean, there is some of that to it, but I felt really sad at the end and maybe for, like, reasons I shouldn't have felt sad, but there was, like, a lot of reasons. I was just like, oh, this is just... This is just upsetting. I de- yeah, I definitely think it had that drama tinge. I you have to market this as a mystery thriller because it's gross, guys. Like I, I, will say, I know. I will say I love the cover. It's oh a gosh, oh, beautiful cover. It's not worthy of its cover. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, did anybody else read um, Karen Feeding of Exotic Pets? No. This reminded me of that, um, in that you have uh, a woman who gets kidnapped by this guy that she doesn't know, Mm -hmm. and then he seems to know all this stuff about her, and he's obsessed with her for whatever reason, um, and that, so that kind of storyline mirrors this one a little bit, except, um, you had a lot more, like, uh, intellectual complexity and, like, depth of the characters, and, you know, you had, you know, some Stockholm Syndrome stuff going on there, but, um, this kind of reminded me of that, except... I feel like Karen feeding of exotic pets was better written. But again, I wonder if there's some translation issues mm-hmm. going on. What about that. Bones and All? Didn't you read that? Oh, yeah, I did read that. Um, I would say this is in a similar category, except I felt like the... Um, 
I liked the storyline of Bones and All more. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got this girl who, since she's been a child, um, eats the people that she falls in love with. Um, so it was sort of an equally It still had that premise. gross factor. Yeah. Uh-huh. But see, and I I did not wind up reading all of Bones and All because I think you read it mm-hmm. and said it frequently, you know, you and, you and I will just kind of tag team. <laughs> right. um, but I read the first few pages and I was disturbed and grossed out but willing to keep reading because I thought it was compelling. And I did not feel that way about this. Um, I do think you could probably turn this into a pretty well-done movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Only because, so part of the plot is, um, correct me if I'm wrong because it has been a few weeks since I read it, but this um, writing of this script or this uh, this screenplay. And so I feel like Clarice has written this screenplay. And so you could have, I feel like that could translate well to film. Um, Clarice is the girl that Teo is obsessed with and he, you know, follows her around and he stalks her. Clarice, I just am dying to know. He's not an American writer, but Clarice can't be a, just a, a coincidence, right? Like like that, I mean, clearly yeah. we're getting some undertones of um, Silence, the Silence of the Lambs, well, right? It's literally, it's so funny because there's that and then if you think about it, I kept getting a lot of Norman Bates vibes. Yes. Yes. Oh, so true. Like, I was like, okay, first of all, because there's like this issue with his mother. Oh, so, yep. And then there's, there is this cadaver and then there's this, I mean, this overall issue with women. Yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't even thought of that. There's totally Norman Bates. Yeah. In fact, um, I watched the first season of the Bates, Bates Motel. Motel. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. There's mm-hmm. some serious comparisons. So it makes me wonder, like, how Would familiar in a film. Yes, and how familiar was Rafael Montez with American mm-hmm. horror stories? Because mm-hmm. yeah, because Clarice seems an homage of some kind. Yeah. I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe it's just <laughs> us as Americans reading it. And, but then, yeah, definite Norman mm-hmm. Bates going on. Um, Okay, any, I'm trying to think of any other. Uh, I was a little uncomfortable. Maybe I'm the only one with um, the lodge that she goes to that she constantly visits um, and how it is completely staffed by midgets. Oh, oh by gnomes. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yes. that was yeah. interesting to me and I didn't really know what to make of it. I didn't know why it was there. Don't know why. And Still don't know why. Yeah. I, I'm so confused. I was I'm uncomfortable. So maybe, maybe it was trying to like cater to those people who have this like irrational fear of shorter people or was it to imply okay i don't want to offend anyone but was it to imply that like were she to escape or like they would not be of much help to her like but there's not even any like like there's they get slightly suspicious and that's it and nothing nothing ever really comes of that that was very bizarre that was a bizarre detail detail yeah it didn't seem to have much of a, of a reason or a purpose. So yeah. I was kind of this, confused and wanted to know what you guys thought about that. Yeah. Well, one of the things that bothered me about a lot of those random things was that um, there's that, that's, you know, like Deus Ex Machina or whatever, where they talk about how um, basically the writer is playing God and it allows all these things to happen without any real um, obstacles to overcome. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was reading like a first time writer. Like, I know he's not, but I felt right. like I was reading someone who didn't know how to create these issues to come up and really overcome them. Yeah, no, I I get I totally get that. Mm-hmm. I and the I'll tell you another scene that again I'm a little bit of a prude like and I'm okay with it. But um the very descriptive almost 50 shades of gray 
the sex shop and mm-hmm. it just I don't know if you all remember that but yeah uh, yeah, yeah when he goes yeah. to buy the like restraints and yeah, stuff. yeah that really bothered me and it was all these details um you know Stieg Larsson's trilogy has all these details that I kept just saying gosh I would love this book but like somebody needed to edit this material yeah. and this kind of felt similar I think actually Stieg Larsson has a really way different writing style mm-hmm. but all of these details that you wait for them to play to a role something. yes you wait for them to have a purpose and then they don't and so to me the restraints I mean there's some things later but nothing I kept waiting for that to be like this defining mm-hmm. moment and then um, the midgets in the running the lodge there were just all these little details that I thought oh surely they will come back like they're gonna play an important role right. later and right. they didn't well it's almost like style over substance you know it's like yes. let's create these like iconic moments I was talking to you earlier about with the, with the cover it's, there's a suitcase and and it's it's almost very like psycho with like you know the, the shower scene and stuff yes. and you remember these specific moments but to be honest I I only I thank my good memory for remembering it but otherwise I feel like if I had a poor memory I wouldn't think back to this much at all you're right style over substance to me is really accurate because there are definitely scenes that have stuck with me a little bit Mm -hmm. partly for their disturbing factor and then partly because they are iconic Mm -hmm. um, and the suitcase on the cover kind of alludes to some of that Mm -hmm. and those have stuck with me but Um, Rebecca, I'm going to give you away a little bit here. <laughs> Rebecca, the, before we started recording, was like, now what were the main characters' names again? <laughs> like, because I think, if I'm not mistaken, like we definitely remember these key scenes. Mm-hmm. Yes. But the overall story... Really smudgy. Like, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, okay, any other observations? Let's talk about who is this book for? Because here's the thing. I think there's an audience for this book. Mm-hmm. Who is it? Um, I think people who, people who read Fifty Shades of Grey, I think they'll like this. Because, I think you're you right. Know, you're right. Yeah. Because yeah, they don't, I don't right. think that they, I think that they enjoy reading books that are not, um, overwhelmingly, um. Complex? Yeah. Or, or, or written in a way that's just, you know, cause people don't always want to read books like, um, like Fates and Furies because of the writing style, because it's so, right. it's very flowery language. And this doesn't really give you a lot of that. And it. And there's a lot that's happening, and it's a lot of like disturbing stuff. And sometimes people like disturbing, and they like, they like this slight bit of dis- discomfort because it gives them some normalcy to their lives. <laughs> and so I would say sensationalists. If you're if you're looking for a read mm-hmm. that is just going to be something of um, uh, a roller coaster ride, you know, which I do think is who. Let's be clear. I do think Penguin Random House is marketing to that. Just based mm-hmm. on the sticker on the front, like mm-hmm. get to page whatever, yeah. um, and the little promo video we watched, mm-hmm. I don't think cause to hand a book to somebody and tell them to open to the middle and read three pages. That to me means you know that there's not a deep story here. Yeah, there's just sensational scenes mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. and so yes, I think anybody who's looking for something sensational, um, and this is for sure commercial. This yeah. is not high literary. No. This is commercial fiction in a literary box. Well, and I think if you go into it knowing that, like, yes, Mm -hmm. there are people who are going to enjoy this book, who are going to want to read this book. I do think it's a terrible idea to compare it to Gone Girl because they're not even in the same category. Yeah. But 
if you're looking for, you know, a thriller that's going to be a little bit disturbing, then yes, this book is for you. Well, yeah. and let me just say really quick, because this is something I talked about before, not with you, Rebecca, but with you, Annie, was about what we, I read When Breath Becomes Air recently. Gosh, yes. Such a beautiful book. So So beautiful. wonderful. And I, and it's about a doctor and his experience. He, I don't want to give anything away, so I'm just going to say it's about a doctor. But basically, there's a lot of experiences in there, and, it, and it's, he obviously, since he's a doctor, there's a lot of. Um, medical knowledge in there and whenever I was thinking back to Perfect Days I was like did he do any legitimate research <laughs> because I don't feel like he did I think yeah I think that I think Teo just happens to be a medical student so that we can understand why he has medical knowledge mm -hmm. but we are given no indication as to what type of medical student he is no. like, like there's and so you're right there's not a lot of develop, character development mm -hmm. there I think we're just supposed to know He's a medical student, that's why he's creepily involved with this cadaver, mm -hmm. and there you go. Like, there's the basis for this mm -hmm. plot. Um, but I, you know, it's, I have read books before where I have thought, oh, I'm not even going to sell this at the bookshelf. But <laughs> I'm gonna, I will sell this at the yeah. bookshelf mm -hmm. because I do think it's commercial. I think it'll appeal to a certain audience. Um, I, I still, I agree with you, Rebecca, because I do actually enjoy the show Criminal Minds. Uh, but I would recommend it to somebody who enjoys criminal minds because criminal minds to me does go to that gross out place sometimes that like a law and order doesn't mm -hmm. and so to me criminal minds does kind of investigate these very creepy characters and in that sense I do think Rafael Montez gave us a creepy character oh definitely there's not much uh, there's not much else substance wise Correct. but he for sure he gave us perhaps an iconic creepy character mm -hmm. so if that's what uh Penguin and, and Raphael were going for. I do think they achieved that. And I think I think that if you go in knowing that not to expect as much as you, because they really make you want to expect a lot when you put the when you put Gone Girl in anything, we expect a lot. Yeah. But if you go in not expecting too much, I think you'll be like, it, it'll be a pleasant experience. It's a good rainy day afternoon read. It is. Yeah, it's real quick. It'll yeah. take you just. A, I think it took all of us just to span like, a few hours. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I. Unlike my cohorts here, I will say it's gross. So if you like, if you're grossed out, this is not for you. <laughs> so I would like to put that little disclaimer. Um, okay, well, let's just briefly touch on what we're reading right now. We all read Perfect Days probably in the past few weeks. Um, so Hunter, what are you reading right now? Um, I just finished Fun Home, and I can't oh. remember who the author is. So beautiful, so lovely. Like it's a very like slightly um, Bechtel. Yes. Yeah. But I, I think it's, I think that any, um, it is a little bit inappropriate. Like it's definitely not for, um, like younger audiences, okay. but it's, it's a good read. It's about a, a father daughter relationship and it, it's just, it's, it's a graphic novel, but it's very sweet. And then now I am reading, um, 10th of December by George Saunders, which is a short story collection. Oh, good. Rebecca, what about you? Um, I just started this month's selection for the uh, Forever Young Adult Book Club. We okay. are reading The Wrath and the Dawn, and it is a spin on um, 1001 Arabian Nights. Okay, you like it so far? I do. I'm only a couple of pages in, so okay. it's yet to be determined, but I grew up on those stories, so yeah. I'm really excited to see where it goes. Um, I just picked up, and in fact, February has gotten off to a much slower start. I've been a little busier than I would typically like. Um, but I just started My Name is Lucy Barton by Elizabeth Strout. And Olive Kittredge, I really enjoyed. I remember reading it with my book club, and it got very mixed reviews in my particular book club, but um, got rave reviews from everyone else. <laughs> um, and then I picked this one up really with no, I didn't know about the plot. I just knew, beautiful cover, and I knew Elizabeth Strout. Um, 
was so worth so worth reading. I'm I'm probably about twenty pages in, um, but think it's so unique, um, very original. So very anxious to finish that one in a few days. Um, okay, well, thank you guys for being on the podcast. Thanks, Thanks for having us. us. Thanks yeah. for talking about Perfect Days. Um, you can find that book at your local bookseller or at your local library on February 16th. It's Perfect Days by Rafael Montez. You can find full episodes of the podcast at www.bookshelfthomasville.com. And if you want to join in the conversation, I hope you'll follow us on Instagram or on Twitter at bookshelftville. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Welcome to the Spoiler Zone. Rebecca, why don't you get us started talking about the twists in the novel? To me, what I thought was going to be the twist is when she overpowers him. Yes. I thought that we were going to get, like, I mean, because she treated him actually worse than she treat, than he treated her. Yeah. And I thought, oh, man, she's just as crazy as he yeah. is. Yeah. She's psycho, too. Yeah. And well, I thought that was going to be our big twist. I thought that she was going to kill him and then get accused of all the crimes. Oh, which also would have been... Because here's my thing. Like, I'm okay with, because of Gone Girl, I don't want every book to have, like, this twist where the other person's crazy. Right, right. However, when she overpowers him, I thought, okay, here it is. Like, here's <laughs> yeah. what's going to drive yeah. the plot. Like, here we're going to get some... Whether it's that she's accused of the crimes mm-hmm. or that she winds up torturing him more than he tortures her. I just thought, now we're going to get into the meat of the plot. And instead, the way you described it in the episode was perfect, Rebecca. Like, the stutters and stops like just like it just completely petered out and then i agree that like the cutting of her spine made perfect sense it was disgusting to me but it made perfect sense and yet then at the end i was like okay like (laughs) what didn't make sense was nobody catching it yeah that was ridiculous i'm sorry but they anyone worth their salt would have found that incision yeah because like it's not like in the story he tries to disguise the cut right like, that doesn't happen. No, it was a sloppy if he had tried to disguise the incision mm. that would have been one thing but he didn't right like, so they would have found it it would have been intentional and i'm sorry but that ending made me yeah let's so talk about the ending oh my god like oh my gosh okay so they what they get they get married and they have a daughter named Gertrude after the cadaver, but she doesn't know. <laughs> and I'm like, like part of me wanted to be like, I wish that she would like have like a, a really good twist. I think for the very last page would have been for her to finally like wake up. <laughs> yeah, and be like, oh god, my life. Yeah. But instead, she's like, oh happy day. I think that was the to me. Look, I'm okay. Like a lot of folks complained about the Gone Girl ending. I'm okay with an ambiguous ending. Oh, yes. I'm okay with two hateful, disgusting people winding up together. If that's they totally because that's what they deserve. Mm-hmm. Right. But this felt like... I, I guess when we say disturbing, to me what's disturbing is I don't always need good to conquer evil in my books. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, of course, in life I prefer it. But in my <laughs> books I don't need it necessarily. Yeah. But this just felt... Gross! Like you well, get and it numb. legitimized all of his treatment of yes. her, his yes. ideas of her. So every awful thing that he did, that I kind of excused as well. He's the villain of the story, so right. it's okay. But no, I kept I kept waiting for there to be some kind of like kickback for him. It just and felt other so than unsettling. when she overpowers yeah. him and like keeps him chained to the bed for a couple of days. Other than that, like nothing. He doesn't get. There are no consequences. No, no consequences. No. And to me, not only 
sure does that fight against my sense of right and wrong, good and evil, but also that's not how life works. Well, at least in God world, I mean, they end up with each other, but they are their own consequences. That's the consequence. Yeah. That's the consequence. Right, that's know? what I mean. Like, life gives you consequences, and it's like he never got any. Not yeah. for, no. didn't he kill his mother's dog yes. at the beginning? Yeah. Like, the cop, um, he pays a cop off. Yes. Yeah. About halfway through. And, and then her boyfriend, he kills, he kills her boyfriend. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. And the mom tries. Wait, the mom finds out all this stuff. The mom finds out. Her mom finds out a certain amount of stuff, and it's like, oh, I'll help you disguise this. Right. It just felt like, who were the cops in this town? Like, there's no. To me, you all. You at least need some sort of conflict of. You've done all these wrong things. There's some consequence for your behavior, yeah. even if it's not prison time or like like. But I know well, she gets amnesia and he gets the girl. Right. And let me just say this too. Like I, I know that now that it was that in Gone Girl that you know they were both crazy. But at the time that I was reading it, I was like, oh yeah, they're both such great people. There, it's it's just this is just a big misunderstanding about their marriage. Like that was a bad mistake on my part. But I loved the, I loved them though. I thought they were so interesting and so complex and so just like wonderful. Complex is the right yes. word. Yeah. And there's just not a lot of layers here. No, and that's what I think is missing. I feel like if there if they just had if there was just like three or four more like bits of death. Yeah. Oh, I'd have been happier if she died. Yeah. 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 Like I felt like I I wasn't particularly compelled by her as a character, but I felt horrible for her that she mm-hmm. was stuck living forever with him. Like and that then, just really, me. the other unfortunate part is all of that that we've been talking about about his negative view of women. None of that ever it was legitimate. I was about to say none of that ever gets corrected. Yeah. No. And so instead, even though Clarice is not really compelling either, <laughs> like you instead, she becomes the very thing he's always wanted, yeah. which is gross. Like mm-hmm. that's the grossest thing of all. Yeah. Like, really maybe that's the point. Maybe we're maybe, maybe we maybe just. We're overthinking it. Like, maybe we were just supposed to finish that and think that was gross. Like, yeah. Because that is exactly, if so, well done, Penguin. Because that is exactly what I thought. Like, yeah. gross. Like, I'm grossed out. And not in a good way. I do think this would be a really good um, book club discussion book. I do too. should have mentioned that earlier. Yeah. Because... Um, I hated it, but it's fast. Your book clubs could read it very quickly, yeah. and you can have this kind Tons of discussion. Of yeah, so, lots of things you know, to talk about. Props there. Yeah, it's always those like books that you know are kind of like, mm, but you don't really like to have the best conversation. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been the spoiler zone. Uh, thanks, Hunter. Great idea, <laughs> and um, we'll see you guys next week.